everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. This is show number 135 and uh, I don't know, are we going to celebrate 135 film or are we just going to pretend it's called 35 mil or what? Anyway, we have a couple of experts on hand, uh, one a manufacturer and one a vendor uh, and uh, we'll introduce them in a moment. Uh, but first of all, Rach, how are you doing? Hi, Aid. Um, nice to be here. I am um, back in my little hidey hole under my blankets and things. I noticed that Graham posted a lovely photo of me last week on Twitter, um, which was meant to be for the behind the scenes only, but never mind. <laughs> oh, well, um, for the Patreon crowd. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, I definitely should have known better than to send that over, but never mind. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we still haven't got any curtains up at home, so uh, I'm still under the blanket. It's um, I have to emerge before my laptop sets fire to itself. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you know what? It's a good job we don't have a Patreon where we offer like yeah, exclusive content to, to the Patreon listeners, is it? Because uh, <laughs> Graham wouldn't be able to control himself. He'd, he'd just, just release it all anyway. <laughs> if that isn't a sales point, I don't know what is. If we don't have people banging down the doors now going, oh, please do that and put Graham in charge, it'll be fine. Yeah, I'll just let everything go. Um, and the conversations we used to have mid-break time, just release all of those for a start. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're definitely not releasing those. I'm saving that up. That's part of my pension scheme. That is right. The, that the uh, the the the, yeah. the record. Yeah, the the original recordings of Sunny Sixteen unedited, um, with all of the bits that we talk about in the breaks. So we don't have breaks anymore because we changed no. the format. Hmm. Ah, well, never mind. Anyway, so Graham, um, how are you? Are you okay? I'm very well, thank you, Aid. Yeah, I'm going to make a conscious effort to speak a little bit more uh, slowly tonight. I listened back to the backing paper episode I recorded last night, and I think I came out the gates at about 100 miles an hour, which even by my standards was like, whoa! <laughs> okay, I don't know what drugs I've been doing beforehand. Someone must have slipped me a Mickey and my tea. But um, yeah, uh, so no, I, I'm very good, though, and I'm very, very pleased to have... Uh, these two gentlemen. Well, I'm very pleased to have one of the gentlemen back on, and uh, I'm, I'm accepting of the other one. I'll let you guys figure out which one it is. Um, but no, it's lovely to have these two gents back with us tonight. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a fun chat, I am sure. So, well, why don't you go ahead and actually introduce them, and seeing as you're the one that's lined up our super special guests for this week. Well, we are very pleased to have back with us, um, representing the company that came, that won the award for best new product of 2018 it is andy church from kodak alaris and joining andy is the highest placed loser that we had for the um best <laughs> service <laughs> provider it's paul mckay from analog wonderland welcome back gents <laughs> Thank you. You're so happy to be here, aren't you? <laughs> With a welcome like that. I mean, how could I, you? I, I'm always curious how quickly you can get a soundbite and being called the the highest place loser. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you you got uh, you you've achieved something, Paul. At least you know it's just like in Graham's eyes. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Although to be fair, you know, Andy managed to achieve the highest four losing positions in film of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> The number one spot eludes us again, doesn't it? It so, does. Um, it does. To work on. Okay. Well, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't going to say this until later, but I'm going to nip it in the bud now. So, so I'm going to try and re- reset Graham and get him to be nice to our esteemed guests. So yeah. I'm going to say, uh, you know, I I actually bought my first roll of Ectochrome a week or so ago, and I bought it from Paul as well. So, you know, I'm I'm happy to speak to you both guys, even if Graham <laughs> is pretending to be less so. <laughs> No, oh, I would. I'm 
delighted to speak to these two. Yeah, sure. so uh, Andy, you've just come back from Rochester, I believe. That's absolutely right, yeah. So I spent last week in Rochester um, and come back home, yes. So not so too dish. much new use, <laughs> but I'm sure you're going to dig and fish around. So let's see where we go. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll do it. We'll do our best, David. I'm sure Graham has yeah. prepared some deep and probing questions for you. I certainly have. The, the, to be honest, the first thing that I, I think we really ought to talk about, seeing as we have two people ideally placed to talk about it, is about um, ectochrome, uh, because one of you is selling it and one of you is making it. Um, the response from our point of view seems to have been overwhelmingly positive. Um, what What's it been like for you guys, You know, especially for you, Andy, finally getting it out the door after how long was it in the end since the first slightly early announcement? Yeah, it was sort of a year and three quarters, so very relieved to get it sort of finally launched. Um, yeah, it's very good. It's gone very, very well. In fact, much better than expected. So sales were exceeded demand, uh, sorry, exceeded um, the uh, production schedule. So we had a, a few slight delays in bringing it in a consistent way to market. But um, I think we've got everything lined up now. We should uh, should have a continual supply from here on in. But everything I've seen has been well received. Um, people that have used it and posted results have been very pleased with it. Um, yeah, so it's all been all been very positive, really, except for the slight delays in terms of and supply issues, really. Um, but that was just demand exceeding production. It's not the worst thing, though, is it? In some ways, you kind of want your product to be sold out everywhere when it first releases. If it's available everywhere, it, it sends the wrong message. Um, Paul, you're selling the stuff. What what's the response been like on your end? No, it's been it's been incredible, as Andy says. The um when we got the first shipment of a couple of hundred rolls, which was, was not as much as we'd originally ordered, but as Andy said, you know, he was balancing a load of things. It went within, I think it was an hour and a half or even less than that. Um, and then every time we got stock updates, honestly, they would, they would go before we could even announce it on Twitter or send an email about it the first few times. So it was clear that um, Andy's uh, genius marketing plan to make people wait. <laughs> it's, the, it's like the Apple... The Apple phone launches kind of thing, people queuing up around the corner, clearly worked um, because people were really excited. And yeah, the results that are coming back are incredible. I think people, I think the one thing that's quite interesting is people have got used to Bellevue, I think, being the sort of go-to slide fill. Um, but that has limitations, especially with sort of portrait stuff that makes people look a bit red. And I think people are now cutting on to the, the, the point of Ectochrome, which is that the colour balance is so much more natural. And then you just see this beautiful transparency come through so no it's been really good aid have you managed to shoot yours yet or is it uh, been saved for a sunny day uh actually it only arrived a few days ago to be honest so i haven't um uh i haven't had a chance to do that yet uh, i was thinking about saving it for a little bit of sunshine um and the uh the the family in the indoor family party i went to this weekend uh didn't seem like quite the best opportunity to to make use of it so but i guess i could ask andy that couldn't i because you know, so you know i know there's this you know for me who uh uh I haven't really shot slide film in recent times, like not for years. Um, and uh, so, you know, what, how, how is, um, it, for somebody who's new to it, how should I best be using it? Should I be saving it for a nice sunny day? Should I be exploiting it and getting out there and not worrying? Yeah, I guess it's personal choice, really. So I don't think there's any mystery in it. It's a hundred speed film. Um, so you put it in and go. Um, so if you've got any fast moving shots indoor where there's lower light, you're, you're more at risk of getting a clear image. But um, I think you'd be fine. 
Um, definitely, I think, I mean, brighter colours always look better. So outdoor shots on a sunny day are going to look excellent. Get, bring a bit, you know, it's a natural film. It's very true colours. Probably slightly more vivid than true, I would say. Um, but it's not overly vivid. Um, so having um, lots of sunlight around certainly will give you a good result. Um, but I wouldn't fight shy of shooting indoor either. So, um, yeah, if you've got some older relatives that aren't moving too quickly, maybe that's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. There's there's the expert advice. Excellent. Well, I, maybe I shan't wait. Maybe I'll just use it and then buy some more. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I am looking forward to well, it, actually. I am. Yeah, uh, I think last time you and I spoke, I asked you for some really fast ectar. So <laughs> maybe that yes. was a, a, yeah. a while back. Yeah. But uh, I, I think uh, I'll go with the go with the ectachrome and, and try that. Try that. I, I am looking forward to it, actually. It's, it's, it's funny because it's... I, I'm as I say, not having been a a, a slide shooter, it it seems to be, uh, and and I think not really particularly drawn to Velvia, um, partly because of the limit, or mostly I think because of what Paul was just saying about it's it's not it's not tuned Velvia for the type of photography I do, which is mostly taking photos of people. So actually to have something that is, uh, as you say, maybe a little more true or, or slightly with slightly vivid, maybe yeah, that, that that's going to give me something that fits more naturally, I hope, with the with the type of photography I do. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Th- th- thank you for working so hard on it. <laughs> You're most and welcome. Yeah, I'm thing... very interested to hear how you get on with it, really. So, yeah, especially on the natural side. Oh, well, if only had a vehicle for somebody to hear my voice over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that we hear from, from customers, which is to that point of people who have never done slide before, is people are used to getting back with negatives, whether it's black and white or colour, and you know, needing to then scan to understand really what's coming through. And I think when people first get hold of slide film that's processed and you can hold up to the light and read it like a comic strip, people talk about that experience as just being very different to what they're used to um, in a really positive way. So, no, it should be fun. What a moment well, you've had you made. One of the things about this film, um, and, it, and it's sort of instant success, because as we all know, this is a premium product with a premium price tag. Um, Paul, can you remind me actually how much how much is it selling for on your website at the moment? Fourteen pounds. Fourteen pounds. So yeah, I mean that's a spicy meatball for somebody who's used to spending one pound on uh, Poundland film. Um, so it's a premium product, but it's still selling incredibly well. Are you seeing um, other color films or other slide films take a hit because of this? Is is there sort of a is there a trend that you can see where you can see, oh, people are replacing this film in their lineup with Ectochrome now, or is it currently more additive at the moment as people try out and see where it fits in? What we're seeing at the moment is, is it's additive, and I think that comes down to two things. Is One, the fact that not many people have tried slide film, um, and and that's partly, as Aid says, you know, people are used to hearing Velvia talked about as landscape, a brilliant landscape film. So if you're not into landscape, it's never even going to be in your sort of selection <clears throat> basket kind of thing as, as ideas you're going to do. Um, whereas the press and the media and the marketing that um, Andy and Kodak have done about it has sort of, I think, opened up people's minds and, and thought, yeah, this is worth doing. And of course, at £14, it is one of the more premium ones. So people have tended to, we've heard from people who have saved up for it or, you know, Christmas was a good opportunity. It went on, I think, a lot of people's um, Christmas lists and was bought for them. Um, so that was good. Then the second thing as well is just it's, uh, you know, innovation and new news brings more people into the into the hobby and trying new things. Mm. 
Um, Can I ask um, a bit of advice just for um, somebody perhaps who's not shot slide film before? Obviously, as we've mentioned, you know, with it being a premium product and um, being uh, that a little bit more expensive, sometimes there's a tendency to maybe not have the confidence to shoot with it. You might be like, oh, my God, thinking about, you know, very much how much each frame is going to cost you over, you know, putting in. Um, a role that you're much more used to so are there any good tips for shooting your first role of slide film i think really the best tip i would say is just treat it like any other th- any other film um and i think one of the, the sort of the beauties of film photography is that you you spend more time i feel when you're shooting on film than digitally uh, to compose an image and to think about really what the, what you're trying to capture before you take that image and you know getting the lighting in the right place that sort of thing so and i think thinking that just that little bit deeper is probably a good thing as well so i'd I'd say just treat it as any normal 100 speed film and uh, you should get great results thanks andy um obviously a lot of testing was done with the film before it was released but no amount of testing that can be done from rochester um or even from you know, a select group of people who it's been shared out to uh, will ever compare with the volume that happens as soon as it hits the market um has there been stuff that you've seen that surprised you have you seen results come back you know on people's instagram or that's been shared that you've looked at and gone oh wow I did not think this film would do that or would be able to do that. Um, has there been anything that stood out in that way? Um, not too much, really. I mean, it's, so you're absolutely right in terms of um, it is a nervous thing when you launch a, a, a colour reversal film because people are going to use it in lots of different ways. Some people will scan it and then you'll be holding onto the profile they use in their scanner to give them the right colours. Uh, when they view the image on a screen but then people that project through the image and shine it and and put it onto a wall or a screen or or similar um, very much relying on the speed of the film being balanced and and that's really dependent on what as well on the process so you need to have make sure that the the film processor is set up to give you uh, a good neutral position so that all your colors come out true in a true way so very nervous that um, we would have a color bias um, because not all the processes run completely in alignment. Um, but we've been quite pleased with the way things have come out. Um, I have seen some results that looked a little bit cyan, um, but I think that was purely down to the profile that was being used that was perhaps set up for another color reversal film. So, um, yeah, so, so nothing really shocking, but just generally very positive, good results, I think, from most people that have used it. Regarding scanners, I know that this is um, Eastman Kodak rather than Kodak Alaris, so I, I suspect that at most you'll have seen these things rather than have any direct knowledge of them, but um, Kodak are bringing their own scanners to market now. Um, have you had much uh, time with these, and are these likely to be more set up specifically for Kodak films in the way that you're talking about with the, the, sort of the color profiles and stuff like that? Yeah, unfortunately, I've not had any exposure to them yet. I have, I have got a contact within Kodak, and um, I'm looking to, um, yeah, have have a play, I would say, and get some more information. But as, as of yet, I, I'm afraid I don't have any sort of additional information, I'm afraid. Okay, well, look, there's a question that I know all the listeners will absolutely murder us if we don't ask. Let's take it as a given, especially after the success of Ectochrome's launch and continued sales, let's take it as a given that 
Kodak want to make 120 um, ectochrome and almost certainly 120 um, uh, T-Max uh, P3200. How far away are those likely to be? Okay, so it's so a P. Sorry, T Max P thirty two hundred. Um, so we we have a bit of a hiccup. Um, we found a, a bit of an issue that we weren't confident on letting go to the market. So we need to address that issue. Um, so that might take a little bit of time. Um, we when we make one twenty film and sheet film, um, we're looking at both of those on Xchrome currently. Um, they they are sensitized onto a different film base, and that means you have to make slight adjustments to the formula. Um, so we've started having some pilot coatings, and um, and then as things progress from there, um, we're going to like a more production scale coating. Um, if all goes well, fingers crossed, I would say probably three months, something like that, is a fair sort of estimate of time. Could be a little bit longer. Um, so it might not be too long might not be too far away i think you've just made a lot of people very I'm, very happy i'm just squeaking away in the background <laughs> i just realized I, I was like oh my god that's so exciting yay has going up to rochester has the release of um ectochrome and the way that that's all gone and not just that but also the the um t-max earlier in the year has it was there a noticeable difference in attitude when you went up there because i would imagine that they are feeling way more sort of punchy and optimistic than perhaps they have in a while up there. Yeah, I think so. I've, I mean, I have sensed that in a long time, in, in a while now. So I think because we're probably moving ahead of the communications in terms of you see things more early when, you, when you're working internally on something. So, um, so I think we've had a, a very positive response from the market. And, um, and, and that's, yeah, that's kind of fueled the fire a little bit in terms of thinking about what we can do next and um, we're certainly looking and having conversations about other films we could possibly bring back and other things that we can just um, bring to market really so um, yeah, there's, there's lots of thoughts and, and discussions going on at the moment so there's lots of um, yeah so lo lots of uh, positivity lots of energy um, and it, it's um, it was really good to, to um, just to demonstrate that we can bring something back um, when there's a need for it in the market and um, and yeah and it's given us another opportunity and I think it just shows that we you know we're, we're looking forwards and not backwards now and um, you know we had we had filmers in decline for for many years and um, but it's starting to grow again um, and uh, anything we can do to to maintain that growth is um, is good for us and hopefully everybody else yeah, that's really exciting to hear. I mean, obviously, you're going to be very coy about um, what ideas are there because at this point, um, I'm sure there's a lot of debate about what's going to happen and uh, looking at the practicality of things. But what would you most like to see come back? If you could, you know, I'm not saying what is going to come back, but what would you like to see come back? If you could go, oh, yeah, Kodak Alaris would love to stock this, what would it be, Andy? Oh, okay. So that's, that's me on the spot, isn't it? <laughs> So um, I've so I've had lots of conversations with lots of people, and I think my personal favourite would be Plus X, um, mm. which was a black and white film. It kind of got replaced by uh, T Max One Hundred, um, but there's just that little bit more to it that I think um, it, yeah it makes it something different to T Max, and uh, I think that would be an ideal film to come back. Um, Is it also hundred speed as well? So no, that would probably be uh, that would probably be something like 125 something like that so very close oh, to 100 yeah. but but yeah 
but around that sort of speed, yeah. Um, but there's, there's it, a lot it of could come back film, in. Mm. Yes, yeah. And I'm also so I've got you. I've got you live now. <laughs> so, um, what films would you like back? I mean, because it really is about what does the market want? Because the more you want it, the more likely we are to sort of dig around and see what we can do. I think. So, if you've got any special requests, just let me know. Well, I think we talked about this last time, didn't we? We all agree, but we, 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 we all want... <laughs> fast color. Because didn't there used to be a high-speed um, Kodak Hectar? Or am I just imagining that for some reason? I <laughs> maybe it's from it's past conversation. Thinking? So, yeah, I don't know that there was, but I could be wrong. So, actually, I, we did have, and I promised I would um, ask this because um, Neil Neil Piper, who I was chatting to last night, actually, uh, well, I'll talk to Paul. We'll ask Paul about this in a little bit longer because Neil mentioned something he asked me, which I asked Paul about. But he did ask me to ask a couple of questions. Um, the first one was for Paul. Uh, he's wondering, Paul. Is there any chance you might start selling bulk film at any point? Is that something you've looked into? That's interesting. I mean, I had, um, I was literally <laughs> about to ask, ask whether I could ask my own question of Andy, which I was saving for the next time we, we caught up. But as we are putting each other on the spot live on air, <laughs> I thought that was a good time. Um, because the, the answer is yes, we're literally in conversations right now with a few of our manufacturers about doing bulk roll because we know that it's something again people have been asking about it right from the start we know that there's a whole group of photographers who are very very au fait with rolling their own film know what they like are happy to buy a certain emulsion in bulk and then and then shoot through it quite happily so we are looking at it um, one of the challenges is getting a uh, hold of some uh, some of the bulk rolls of the Kodak ones which uh, me and Andy can talk about at some point um, so I think even in, in FPP I think they hand roll some of the stuff so yeah long answer to say um, yes we are and in fact it's probably going to be the next thing that we bring to market at least in the next I want to say next three or four weeks we should be starting to look at uh, what we want to do and again as Andy's done open question at the moment is uh, we'll probably start with a small range and expand over the time we know what we think will sell well, but if people have a very strong preference, please get in touch. Just drop us a note on Instagram and we'll, we'll build it into thinking. Mm. Well, the one that Neil's particularly uh, wanting is Kodak Double X, um, which is a very, very popular film. Um, I think a lot of people are really getting into that. So there you go, Andy. That's Although Paul kind of started off with it being a question and then went sideways, I think what he wanted to know is, are you going to sell him bulk rolls of film? Yeah, I'd love to. So, um, yeah, I think we could make that an announcement. Um, and, um, yeah, I think we could do something at a lower price to start with just to get things rolling. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Let's do something. There you go, listeners. Woo, this is a, deal a, done a, live on air. Oh, my gosh. This phone call was worthwhile after all. <laughs> um, a slightly harder uh, task to follow up with. Um, again, this is from Neil. Uh regarding his love for Kodak Double X, the lovely black and white film, he said, is there any a chance that it would appear in 120? Um, I'm guessing that's probably a no, because the Double X is a cine film. Is it made in the larger format? I don't think it is. Um, it would take something special to cut it to a larger format. So I think that's not a quick and easy thing to do. Um, I, I would say never say never, but um, I, I think it's unlikely at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the, the possibility of, of things like Plus X coming back and, and more consumer-focused films, um, I would imagine that uh, there's more of a reason to get those back on all formats than um, 
getting the movie film back on so different ones um this is some very exciting stuff uh, it's great uh, it's nice to start 2019 off with a very forward-looking take on all these things um what paul was suggesting we were talking before the show about uh what we'd like to chat about and one of the things that we discussed was about predictions for how 20 for 2019 for what i guess we'd like to see um what we think needs to come along to kind of support the industry um and, and, and what we're just expecting um what about you Ed? you're the future of photography you must have <laughs> some deep insights into the future of this what what's what your crystal balls tell you Ah, uh, that's that's it. what for for twenty nineteen. No, the future of photography as a podcast looks way ahead further than that. Absolutely. So, now we're. Uh, I think um, I'm. I'm pretty excited. Actually, I'm. I'm pretty excited about the the Exochrome in one twenty. I would like to try. I would like to try that, and mm. uh, and, I, and I'm very pleased that Andy's been able to share so much with us already in the first few minutes of the podcast. Because you did say Andy that you didn't have much that you could tell us today. So I think you were, high, you know, keep keeping your cards close to your chest there. But good that there's so much exciting stuff coming on. Uh, future of photography. Wow. Okay. Um, I, oof, I think. I think for me, it's it's still about me. It 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 is about medium format stuff for me. So so it's so, so high speed color in 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 uh, in one twenty, which I know is already available in Portra and things like that. I'm looking forward to doing more with that. I don't know. I don't think from the future of photography, I have much of an idea. Do you know? Sad, what do isn't you, it? Right, Maybe I should. Let, let me rephrase it. What do you think? we could do with coming along that maybe hasn't appeared what do you think we could do with coming along that um would help support and grow the revival do you know what if i think about where i where i see the risk to this hobby of ours um and a hobby for everybody obviously some of us on this call are making a living out of it but yeah for me it's a hobby um i think i i'm worried that uh, one day my camera's gonna break and i'm uh yeah and and that, that that does worry me and and from the conversations we were having uh last week as well with duncan i i'm worried that one day all the lab machines are going to break so oh, well, kodak you know, has a history in both of those i believe <laughs> so i think that's what i like i'd like to see that i'd like to see our, our our passion and our hobby and our love made a bit more safe for the future yeah that's good but well andy i mean that's a really good, a va valid concern, um, especially regarding the processing. I know there was a lot of concern beforehand about, well, it's great that you're bringing this live film back, but what about the infrastructure to support it? Um, it and you said that, you know, yeah, Kodak's aware of this and they're looking at it, but what is the take on that and the machinery side of things as well? Because without those things, you have no business either. Yeah, I think we're acutely aware of that. So certainly on, on the processing side, um, the, the market is well covered at the moment. There's quite a, um, there's a number of different um, suppliers of chemicals to process um, um, colorversal film. And um, so, uh, but we are also looking at, still looking at bringing something to market. Um, it's certainly closer than last time. So that would make sense, wouldn't it? But it's, yeah. um, it's, it's perhaps not too far away now. And um, I think also that um, in terms of the processing side, um, again, there are still options around, um, but I, I don't think we'd let 
that full to no options. I think we'd we'd sort of step into the breach um, if if we needed to at some point. So um, I think that yeah, I, I wouldn't. Um, I think it is a concern, but I, I think ultimately it's a concern that we would uh, alleviate. Oh, that's really good to hear because you know because although there is a a resurgence in the market. Um, a lot of the people that we talk to who are starting out new ventures of, of whatever kind are actually fairly small businesses still. Uh, there, there aren't that many companies, maybe one or two, maybe three tops that I can think of that you know, understand enough about film photography or have the history that they could make some of those complicated machines uh, at a volume that is sufficient to keep the whole thing afloat. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, clearly there's a, there's a history with Kodak as well of making the camera, making the film, making the things that, yeah, making the chemicals, making the machines. <laughs> it's like, I don't, would you call that vertical integration? Can you tell us end much to about end? end to end? Yeah. Or end to end integration. Yeah. Can you tell us anything about the, the strategy for end to end integration for Kodak? Yeah. So I think we haven't had a complete end to end, um, uh, offering for some time. Um, so I think it would be quite a, um, a lot of work would need to be put into place to, to do that. But, and I think the reason that we haven't done that is because lots of other people have been very good at supplying certain bits of the, the jigsaw to the market. Really. Um, we have spoken to somewhat a company that used to make film processors, um, recently stopped making them. Um, we wasn't, we were keen for them to start up again and support some of that positivity you know, over towards them and um then we well i believe they've agreed to uh, start doing that again so um i think things are happening we might not be doing it necessarily directly ourselves but um we're looking at other ways to ensure that everything that people need is available um in a in a, in a new form not just using secondhand things that would that yeah. would be awesome that 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 would be be great. Yeah, knowing that we'll still be doing this in ten years from now, you know, um, would, yeah, would be great. Yeah. You know that that uh, it, it is it is a concern for me. But but there you go. So so uh, anyway, I'm going to turn this back to Graham now because Graham, I did get the feeling when you asked me that question that you were you really you were hoping that somebody would ask you. <laughs> no no no, I, I never want anybody to ask me anything. Otherwise, the sham, the fact that my head is completely empty, will be horribly thrown out. I think we ought to throw it to rage instantly. Throw it to rage. <laughs> um, color printing, I guess. Any oh, yeah. advancements in that? Yeah, color printing, as in silver halide printing. Mm. Yeah, um, so that's all still readily available. So we don't make sheet film anymore, mm. um, but there's nothing to say you couldn't put a, a roll film, a sort of roll a roll of color neg paper, into a dispenser, or just cut sheets in the dark and and use that. So um, color processing still still very much readily available. I would say, yeah. Yeah, just making it more. What is it you're thinking about? It's just more easily because it does feel like um, black and white printing has um, enjoyed and is enjoying, and I think mm-hmm. we'll will very much enjoy a real resurgence this year, especially with things like the um, Intrepid Enlarger. It's um, with those other things coming into play, isn't it? That it's really mm-hmm. started to help um, bring you know um, support the rest of that 
part of the process i think um that there was definitely a point where it's like actually maybe it's the you know the paper the photographic papers and things like that that were going to be less around uh because obviously people were shooting lots of film but then sending it off for processing or doing it themselves and then scanning it so then digital was coming into that part of the workflow over necessarily printing yourself you know do you know what, yeah. Rach, that's a really good point, Rach, because I hadn't even th- thought of that. I guess mm. mostly because I don't do that kind of thing. You don't really thing. do it, yeah. Um, but I, yeah. yeah, I hadn't considered the, the, the future of that. I was going more to the other end and thinking about the capture, actually. I was I was waiting for for you know, a time to think, well, actually, maybe next week we should have Bellamy on and see how the, the camera manufacturing you know, ideas are coming along, or, or if they still are, I don't know. But it's... Uh, because that's that's another area I I worry um, when some of my favourite cameras start to fail and what's going to happen then. But uh, yeah. Anyway, it's sorry, we shouldn't we shouldn't be putting a downer on all of Andy's positivity. No, no, no. This is we've heard some really good stuff this evening already, and uh, you know it sounds like sounds like uh, there's there's definitely some some conversations going on that we probably shouldn't be aware of. <laughs> um, that that are going to keep you know try and try and work on the the ecosystem as a whole. So. Yeah, that's Can I really throw in a couple hear. of thoughts as well? I think as the because um, as I hear you, I, I I'm I'm totally with you. I, I think the the camera, and, and I think I said this when we first came on the mm-hmm. the, the way that, that films been going, and the fact that we've got so many more films. You know, we hit two hundred films listed just before Christmas, so over two hundred films available to people to shoot today, and that's fresh. That's not expired stuff. Over two hundred choice, and by the sounds of Andy, he's going to make that three hundred within a couple of months, which Ooh. is great. Um, <laughs> a couple of months. <laughs> one of the things we've noticed as well is is large format and that feels like in the last year there's been a huge surge in the interest there and the accessibility there i mean i know intrepid have been going for for donkey's years and doing a cracking job there and they're on to i think it was it mark three of their cameras but the work we've seen from the 3d printing like camera dactyl um the fact that film washi produced like funky experimental films all the way up to large format in fact i saw someone on twitter today i think he had shot one of the g washi g films which is large format sheet film with sprockets at the top oh yeah i saw that as well yeah ah, i didn't see that that sounds ace so you've got sort of the things that happened with 35 mil are starting to happen with 120 we've heard some news that we'll uh, we'll enjoy soon um from andy but also i'm in talks with some of the guys doing the creative films about what they can do to help out in larger format so i think that will start to, to tip up the large format part though partly has been because cameras are available because you know you don't need to build a shutter unit shutters are often the toughest part that and the winding you don't need to build those into large format because the lenses come with it um and with that much space there's just it's just you've just got more room for error which you don't have on a smaller camera so i think the, the camera is really really critical mm. uh, i can't mm. hide it um but then the other thing i think as I think about it, it's the printing side and I think Rach is spot on you know when we talked when we started what eight nine months ago we talked about wanting to make film photography fun and accessible for everyone by making the choice easy accessible simple language etc but printing and darkroom still feels like quite a um still feels a little bit inaccessible I think for beginners um and I think there's still some work to do there to help people understand how easy it is but also how rewarding it is to see that whole thing from start to finish 
yeah it, it might just be the part of the overall process that just takes that a little bit longer to get to that point you know sort of dipping your toe in the water by picking up a a, a you know hopefully still relatively cheap point and shoot and putting in a um a roll of 35 mil um there's there's quite a journey from that to then shooting and getting into the dark room and then processing your nugs and then getting to the point where you're putting it into an enlarger and then actually printing and developing it yourself um so i guess it makes sense that that's sort of like the um it's maybe going to be a little bit slower to catch up with the resurgence but it's it would just be nice to know that it's kind of on that trajectory really yeah, and I think the other interesting thing is the the stuff that that, that digital is still helping with because we have mm. you know, film lab yeah. is it has been a game changer for people because suddenly it's cut yeah. out fear and the cost of the scanning and scanning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we all know color profiles are the, the oh, devil's invention. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so if that could be cut out and use your smartphone, that's brilliant. And even actually, it was really interesting listening to um, Duncan last week. Mm. Basically, the fact that his lab is digital, I think that's what he was saying, right? That he puts mm-hmm a code to tell a computer how to develop an analog film um and therefore you can do it on a scale that you can't do any mixing buckets of chemicals it's just incredible and i don't know what next digital help we'll get but i just can't help thinking that that's probably around the corner somewhere as well yeah yeah it's so cool that it makes the whole thing stronger doesn't it you know by combining these these things yes it is um and and that sort of the things all coming together is what's been such a delight to see over the last year. Um, I, the worry about cameras, though, that, that that is the one thing that we don't seem to have solved yet. Um, mm. And it's poor saying about shutters. Um, uh, it's unfortunate that um, we saw, was it a couple of weeks? No, it was before Christmas, wasn't it? I think the update came out. Is that right? Before Christmas? Just before yeah, Christmas? Yeah, I think it was just before Christmas, yeah. Yeah, um, from the guys at Reflex saying that um, they have hit a significant stumbling block in that um, they where they'd hoped to be able to source the shutter mechanism from, they now can't because demand has just dropped away. And I think even in digital manufacture of, manufacture of digital cameras, because more and more of it is going mirrorless now, <laughs> shutter mechanisms are just getting um, scarcer and scarcer. Uh, and so they're now faced with a fairly daunting task of having to build their own shutter mechanism. Um, and that is that's a, a, a tricky challenge. Um, mm. So uh, good luck with that, guys. And um, yeah, you have our very best wishes and best thoughts with that. Cause, yeah, that's not an easy undertaking. Um, but um, we should focus, because uh, I feel like we've been battering Andy about what's been going on at Kodak. Uh, Paul, we haven't been hassling you for um, what's going on with you. Uh, you said you 200 films before Christmas. Um, you've just hinted that some people might be doing interesting stuff with 120 <laughs> roll film. Um, uh, what, what's going on there? I think it's 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 too early to tell, and I'm not the person to break that news. It'll, but it yeah, won't. you're 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 here. I mean, you've got to at least hint it. You cannot you cannot bring it up on this show and expect to stroll away. I'll just casually drop that. Uh, give us some hints. Well, is it Uve? Be... Is it Uve? So, <laughs> Uve, I think right now is currently got his hands full, creating an entirely new uh, <laughs> resurgence all by himself with Pat Film. But, uh, He's got his hands full of book buckets of chemicals at the minute, probably. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And peel apart and hoping that it doesn't, you know. So there's, um, I think what's just what's just really interesting is I think the, uh, as I say, it felt like when we started eight, nine months ago, 35 mil was where a lot of the focus was. And Yogi came along as an example and, and a couple of other people. And um, 
and double launched Jelly. Their, well, actually, no, they launched, uh, was it their third and fourth emulsions and then Jelly on their birthday, so expanded their range in 35ml. And everyone's seen that, I think, as a really accessible way of getting in. But people are now looking, I think, at the larger formats. And, you know, similar to the fact that Ectochrome, you know, <laughs> the grumpy people with the Ectochrome launch, the two comments were, why isn't it £3 a roll? And um, <laughs> why isn't it in a larger format? So <laughs> um, it, it's immediately people are, whereas I think two or three years ago, people were just grateful to have whatever we could get, it may be fair to say, whereas now I think people are starting to expect a, a wider and more comprehensive range, which is fantastic. So of the 200 films available over 100 of them are uh, 35 mil but i think that mix is going to totally change over the next six months 12 months as, as development happens at the far end and if andy can restart sheet film as well as bulk film then that helps as well um but no i mean we've got uh, nothing uh, as, as massive as um as some of the things andy's dropped i think as we look at it i think we've done um We've, we've got very good feedback on what we've been able to do so far, which is obviously lovely. And thanks to everyone who's uh, ordered from us, including you, Aid, recently. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. And I think when we look back at what we set out to to achieve with Analog Wonderland, I think the things that we feel great about is supporting the smaller suppliers. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hope that they agree that we've been able to get more of their films in front of people and people using them um, just just by bringing that retailer perspective in where before they were having to be retailer as well as manufacturer as well as marketer as well as creator and frankly you know I've, I think I've said it before Uwe and, and Lomig from Film Washi I, I don't want them spending any energy trying to sell their films I want them <laughs> in the lab creating and concocting mm. so I, I, I think we've helped with that um I think we've helped Oh, sorry, yeah. right. No, no, I was just thinking, and you've had something else um, new recently that is now being sold through Analog One Land, haven't you, with yeah. Sam? Yeah, exactly, Solacan. So um, Sam, who has uh, quite cheerfully badgered me ever since we opened um, to <laughs> Solacan um, in a nice possible way, and, and there was a few reasons why it was difficult, and, and we've now listed that. I think the things that we're looking at doing is just First of all, continuing, I think, the work on making sure that our film range expands and continues to be the, the reason that, that an easy way for people to access a lot of films. But then adding on two layers. One is, as I've already sort of referenced, the, the developing and the darkroom side. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot we can do. And me and Andy are talking as well about how can we bring the right products in a way that's easy for people to be. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is shipping big buckets of chemicals is logistically difficult and mm-hmm scary for people to receive and mm-hmm. where you store it and stuff so there's some ideas we've got there which is good and we'll carry on pushing on that um and then also sort of community sort of bucketing it probably a little bit in community projects so the solar can i know me and you rachel had lots of mm-hmm. chats about adventure kits and the next yeah. section yeah. if we don't do something together with the next couple of months i'll be mortified don't worry yeah. don't it's, worry it will especially <laughs> seeing as you've now made a package large enough to fit a solar can in that seems uh <laughs> odd that you've got that done first but i won't judge i will judge <laughs> uh, but also we've, we've we've had several conversations in the last few weeks with um different people from the community creating different things different bits and bobs that are all sort of created to solve smaller problems as part of the whole ecosystem mm-hmm. um so, you know, I mean, every every two days, Ethan Hawke of Camerodactyl 3D prints another brilliant idea. <laughs> um, that all all do help them. It's what was the one last week, like a handheld large yeah, format. Yeah, amazing. Camerodactyl OG. 
Oh, there we go. Yeah, exactly. So we'll also be looking at and inviting um, people who are creating stuff to help, but who maybe not have the retail experience or frankly the reach to be able to get it in front of people mm-hmm. to come and talk to us because we'd love to support in in a bigger way those those people creating those things because that's where it's really helpful. Um, I can say from first-hand experience, it has been very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paul, <laughs> for all the bits of advice and things because, yeah, I am definitely one of those number <laughs> who need help. And it's not, a, it's, it's not a criticism at all. Like, to ask someone to come up with an idea, to create it, and then to have to go and market and sell it, it's massive. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and I will happily admit that I'm not one of those inventors. I'm not as creative. I can't come up with the adventure kits or the, the crazy stuff that Lomi does. So the way that we can help Analog Wonderland hopefully is just by getting those amazing products in front of people. Um, and then the other thing I think is just the, we'll, we'll do a bit of, you know, uh, improvements I think as well to our logistics. We're looking at um, delivery costs, delivery times, improving those. That should start to filter through in the next few weeks if we can strike the deals that we're trying to negotiate. Um, and then I think the final thing as well is we're just, the other thing that uh, I'm being self-critical about what we've done so far is we set out with the intention to bring more people into film photography, more into, you know, helping people understand the films, helping people work out, you know, how to use 35 mil. And we feel like that could do with a bit more probably, um, a bit more of a help just because we started to get comments now where people come on and 200 films is brilliant for everyone who knows films, but it can be overwhelming for people who mm. are only Where'd just start. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's some stuff we can do there. But overall, I mean, it's it is hugely positive. Um, the community is brilliant, as we all know. The feedback is frequent, which is brilliant, genuinely. Um, so hopefully, we'll, we'll keep going strength to strength. So um, more specifically, so uh, can we look forward to this year um, getting chemicals? You know, if we want developing kits and stuff like this. Um, one tip I would definitely suggest is don't send buckets of stuff out to people. Use bottles. That might solve a lot of your problems right from the get-go. Um, but is this a thing we'll be able to get? Bottles with or without lids. I'm writing this down. Ah, I mean, whatever's cheapest. Send to our plastic bags. Um, is that something we can look forward to fairly soon? I think the... Yes. I think really? the, Sorry. The, priori- the, priority, the priorities are... Um, the priorities are getting a bulk roll film and expansion of the range in some of the core film stuff um, to help people. The other thing we're looking at is a bit more movie film. So analog 16 mil or 8 mil, the Super 8 stuff. Um, so there's some, some film things we want to keep doing because that really is the core. But but um, darkroom accessories, chemicals is on the list. And then, as I say, also then the community product is also uh, going to be a big part I think, for the next six months. Okay, I, I think I have some questions if I may, because this this is really intriguing my business brain, Paul. Because you know, so for me that it it is it seems intuitive to me that like the 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 money to be made here, at least in the short term, is in in thirty five mil. Sure, yeah, because part of me thinks, well, surely that must still be the standard thing that people want to shoot. And and I can imagine that you would have had as you launched, yeah, Analog Wonderland, you would have had to make some assumptions about. Uh, the proportions of products for various different formats, color, black and white, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've been trading for a while now. So uh, was the, was the proportion split for your sales? Was it, was it what you anticipated it to be? Have you, what have you learned from actual sales data and what people are really interested in? 
I think the that's a, that's a brilliant question. I think the um, you, you're absolutely right. We expected 35 mil to be the biggest, and it has been. Um, the things that have been in really pleasantly surprising was that we thought that we would deliberately offer a big range and we deliberately support the smaller guys. But we also, frankly, always thought, you know what, that's 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 going to be a great thing. It'll be helpful, but the majority of business surely will be in. Um, HP5, in Kodak, Portrait, etc. Um, and sales have been strong throughout those. So Portrait's, you know, selling incredibly well, always has done. Um, you know, the, the the top five films of your Sonny's last week are pretty much the top five selling films, give or take. So that has happened, but the, the proportion isn't sort of 80% traditional films or well-known films and 20% smaller. It's it's much, much greater on the experimental stuff. And this this goes into sort of the leap of faith that we had before because you could always buy... You could always buy the the classic films. That's not been the difficult part for people. Um, the difficult part for people has been accessing the more fun experimental stuff, um, and then being able to make a choice and a mix and match from one place and save on the shipping. So, the proportions have been, I say, pleasantly surprising in how willing people are to experiment. I think the other thing was, I sort of expected when someone would buy a big order that it would be predominantly one film or another. You know. People like black and white, so they, you know, it would be black and white, or people really like just one type of film, they'll buy 21. And what we've seen is the number of orders that have only been one film, I could probably count on one hand in the last eight months. So they were probably um, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm say that even though I know that you've bought 110 and Ectochrome from us, so I mean, that's a range. Oh, in that sense, yes. Okay, so that that's true. Although I think I also have bought, you know, uh, you know five packs of Portra here and there as well. So. <laughs> So you get that, but the, the way that people have been willing and open to try new things is is been really reassuring. And I think that's part of the fun of it, right? That if we wanted, there are always people who want reliability, but you know you can get reliability pretty well from a digital camera. Part of the fun of analog is not knowing what you'll get, or at least being able to play around with the look and feel without having to sit in front of a computer to replicate it. And people have really um, em, uh, embraced that. The one thing, let's see, what are the mistakes we've made? Eight by ten has not sold very well at all. Okay. <laughs> I overestimated how well eight by ten would do versus four by five, and the vast, vast, vast majority of large format sales are four by five. Um, so a hot sale on eight by ten coming soon to Analog <laughs> One Land. Exactly. Uh, double points on those ones then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, we'll be turning up. No, that's so, so this is this is really interesting because you know, it, it, it you know, and in part it, it plays to, I guess what I I yeah I, it, it would be nice to think that you know film photography was all about yeah um people experimenting and uh, and 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 being very arty and creative, but you know, it, yeah, I I had imagined there'd still be that core left. So so let, let me ask you this then, Paul, if you were going to be the person that brought a new film camera to market for high volume sales you know what what kind of camera or what format of film would would, would you be investing in right now based upon what you've learned in the last while i think um it, it would be 35 mil because that is still the majority and also because it's the one that is um you know missing from the stable in the way that you know large format is being looked after at the moment 120 is tough, but 35 mil, it would be a 35 mil. Now, I've had a conversation with a few people about this because there's sort of two two ways that it could go then from there. There's one which is the argument for a sort of a premium 
camera, sort of like the reflex, something that connects to your phone that that builds in some of the digital elements that has really top quality uh, glass. Um, but that would come at a premium, a few hundred quid minimum. Um, that feels like a a good investment for the future. People will, you know, buy into that, I think, and that would be a setting up. But I, the, the number one thing is an affordable 35mm camera under £100. Really? Um, wow. That is that is well made, that you is by a brand that you trust won't disappear tomorrow or, you know, has a, you know, has a warranty. Because the thing that you've said earlier really resonates with me and with a lot of our customers is you, you don't want to invest a lot of money and time into something which could feasibly break and you would have no one to really turn to. So an affordable, reliable 35mm camera, I think, would help introduce a ton of people into it. Um, which, you know, is partly the, the stuff you're seeing, the premium film compact cameras that are all over Instagram, the celebrities that are driving up the eBay prices, et cetera, et cetera. It's that same thing. People want the, the fun and accessibility of it, or at least a lot of people do. And then people who want something more technical um, can either go large format or, in an ideal world, Frank Dad launched the post, had launch a premium version and a, and, a, and a base one. So, Andy, is this where the, the, the Kodak Printmatic 35mm comes in then? <laughs> or not entirely <laughs> so uh, yeah oh dear it wasn't me um <laughs> so yeah i i think wise words paul i think uh i completely agree with what what you say i think um, a 35 millimeter point and shoot and something that offers a little bit more a little bit sort of um smarter um a bit higher quality uh sort of slr style or slr um I think both of those cameras would find a really good position in the market. So, um, but don't tell anyone else what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on to these ideas. Um, it feels like, because I, I realize that both of you guys are, are only here because you just love coming to talk to us. Um, but I get the impression, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what it is because I, I didn't ask mostly, um, but I get the feeling that there's probably something going on that you would like to talk about. Um, because, Paul, you've been pretty good at only subtly constantly self-promoting um yourself <laughs> so why don't we just blitz into the uh, overt section of that <laughs> what a tear. so um <laughs> there were obviously we wanted to come along and just chat to you guys we didn't even realize you were recording for most of it we but while we're here and while you're recording, we may as well talk about it. No, no, no. So the um, the thing that uh, we've been, we're going to do, um, which is not quite a repeat, but is definitely pulling from the success of the summer, is a, a competition and giveaway. Um, so Codec Alaris and, and Analog Wonderland. So what we did in the summer, which had a fantastic response, was the summer holidays uh, competition. People submitted photos and everyone who bought any Kodak from us got a little a roll of Color Plus thrown in to the mix. Now, what Andy and I have been talking about is um, uh, a couple of things of how we can improve on that and hopefully get uh, great engagement again. So what we'll do from what we're launching this morning, so as this goes out, you'll see on Analog Wonderland's homepage a um, winter competition and giveaway. So the theme is uh, low light magic. And what we were talking about was really the, when we did it in summer, it was all about, you know, uh, ISO 50, ISO 100 films, it was about slide film, it was about capturing sunlight. We know that this is a particularly dark, dreary, miserable, black and white kind of uh, time of year. 
Um, but people can create amazing photos and do with what limited light there is. Um, but also it's a chance to celebrate the fantastic film that is, as has already been mentioned, P3200. Um, so for people who haven't shot it, now's the time to uh, to just see how far you can push film in, in low light. So what we'll do is we'll set up, as before, there'll be a competition page on Analog Wonderland where people can just very easily, via Google Form, submit images under the theme of low light magic. The only criteria is it's shot on Kodak film. <laughs> um, interpret how you wish, and we'll run that. We'll run that for a month, um, and at the same time, Andy's very kindly uh, agreed to sponsor the giveaway, so that anyone who buys fifteen pounds worth of Kodak film in any order will get a free thirty-two hundred uh, Tmax thirty-five mil included in that order. So it's a chance for people to try thirty-two hundred that I haven't done before. Um, it's a chance for people to maybe experiment with other Kodak films. We've obviously still got the portrait of 15% saving on at the moment, so hopefully it's not too strenuous for people to, to reach that stage. And at the same time, we'd love then people to take those films, um, create some amazing images, and then submit it to the competition. Is there going to be, as there was with the Summer Holidays competition, uh, two classes again? Because I know in the Summer Holidays one, you had the beginner and the uh, experienced. Uh, is that the case this time, or is it just an open category? It's 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 open, and, and we talked about this quite a lot, Andy and I, because we, when we did that last year, one of the reasons we thought it was a good idea was because we thought that um, people might uh be nervous about sort of throwing themselves straight into it and also there might be you know you might really be able to see a difference and actually when we looked at it some of the stuff that the beginners were creating was just unbelievable um and so i think the there isn't the need to sort of protect <laughs> protect beginners into a new category like we did before so no we're making it simple we're just saying you know what throw throw your image in there feel free to add a comment about how long you've been in film photography because we'd love to see it and we love to to talk about it maybe at the end and have a reflection but no just one category and of course um we will we will though pick two winners so we're not cutting down on winners this isn't just a sneaky way of reducing the number of prizes there'll be two winners and they will receive a kodak goodie bag of film um exactly which films andy puts in there is up to him uh, <laughs> which of them have been launched already and uh, which ones he feels like uh, you know building into a goodie bag but yes that will be the prize uh, and so when does the entry date end? So the, uh, as I say, we, we started on Thursday the 24th, this Thursday, and then ends on the 28th of March. That's a good long window then. Yeah, I mean, we ran it for six weeks across the summer, and that was kind of linked to the summer holidays. But here, with the low light magic, we're kind of thinking, let's bring people through the dark times and uh, and out the other side a little bit. Um, so doing it for, sorry, the, 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 full, the full period will allow people to... Um, the full was it two months coming will allow people to really uh, enjoy it. That's, uh, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. I, I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, but it's it, it it's okay to shoot color though, as long as it's Kodak. Yeah, that's the only. That's the only. Absolutely. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Great. Because I I do like to shoot color myself, and and uh, I also have um I've been playing playing with lighting over the holidays in the dark period. Are we are we allowed to do something that's a, a little bit artificially lit, or is that is is it about the the real low light stuff? No, I think it's, it's be as creative as you wish. Because I think the, the beauty of the low light stuff isn't just that you shoot a normal situation just with the lights turned down and, uh, <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> I think the things that we see people create, you know, uh, being creative with the either the street lights or headlights or natural light, whatever it is, just feel free to enjoy and create. Uh, and also maybe people will, will 
it'll give people the confidence to try and you know use flashes indoors which i know again with film photography people are, are, are concerned about that it might be a bit too technical but here we're saying hey we're giving you a free film you spend 15 pounds or more on kodak so experiment have fun and i'm sure the results will absolutely blow us away yeah and I, I would just add just um a couple of words really I, I was just so impressed with the standard of the photographs that were entered last time the images that we were submitted were were really really good and the beginners absolutely smashed it um some of their images whereas would have won or got prizes certainly in um in the more proficient category as well so i, I think if anything what I, if i split the categories out this time and, and i've not spoken to this to you about this it just come to me really but we, we had lots of images last time that were double exposed or possibly even more um and so we might even consider doing sort of a prize for something that's got more than one exposure on it and um and holding a place for um one images that are single exposed as well so um yeah just food for thought really in terms of um anyone who wants to enter the competition um yeah, obviously when people send their best favourite images in, they are going to be a um, pretty good standard, but it, it was just very, very good. I think we had more than 400 images as well submitted, so um, uh, lots to look at, and um, it was good fun. Yeah, and like before as well, there's no there's no limit to the number of times people can submit, so if you get a roll of, uh, back and, and you love several, then by all means, please send them in. Um, hey, it increases your chances, but also we, we, we genuinely loved seeing them come in as we go. We'll share them on Instagram as well so people can really get to see what's being created. Um, and then at the end as well, the judging was difficult because the quality was so high, but it's a lovely problem to have and one we hope to have again. Um, so just to recap then, uh, competition's running from the 24th of January to the 28th of March? 28th of Feb, sorry, Feb. <laughs> oh, that was, that was not me getting that wrong. That was totes on you, dude. You said March. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, that is entirely my fault. I apologise. Yeah, yeah, he apologises. Lynch him later, listeners. No, sorry, um, it's four weeks. Four weeks to go from start to finish. Okay. And um, if listeners want to uh, benefit from getting the free roll of uh, the T-Max P3200, they just need to spend £15 or more on any Kodak films when they buy from you, yeah? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, similar to uh, last time, if that means you, you, you buy a couple of different orders over £15 across that period, then each of them will have one in. Um, again, this isn't this isn't about trying to restrict the number of, of free films that go out. This is about for people who are, are buying and trying Kodak films, we want them to have that extra film. We want them to enjoy it, shoot it, and hopefully share the images. Sounds awesome. And will you be sharing the pictures as you did last time on um, Instagram and Twitter and stuff and, and on the website as it goes along? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what um, I think that's what helped keep the momentum up last time as well was people seeing images and and uh, and encouraging them to submit their own and maybe also sparking a creative thought to create an image that's... Um, maybe inspired bit so yeah so following us on instagram uh twitter website it'll be the vast majority of our focus in the next month just just to support the people who are entering uh, i know that andy and the uh the people who run the kodak uh social media feeds will probably have several different priorities um so i can't promise that they'll all pop up there and necessarily but um definitely the winners will be um and once as we go along uh, i'll leave andy and his team to work through 
yeah definitely looking forward to sharing images and um and i think also just to say no matter where you are in the world um one of our one of the people that won last time were based in australia um so um yeah feel free to enter that sounds fantastic sounds very cool um I've only got a couple of things I want to ask um, both of you guys, actually. Well, one of them is probably more relevant to you, Andy, than it is to you, Paul. But to both of you, um, will either of you be uh, or have presences at the photography show in March? So, yes, not 100% confirmed, but very likely to be. So um, will you be there yourself? We will. We will hopefully be there in force at the photography show. So um, it would be lovely to see you there. Um, is it? Will it just be yourself or can we actually look forward to maybe seeing Kodak making a triumphant return to the show floor? <laughs> Probably little old me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll take you any day, Andy. We will take little old you. Bring, bring along a backpack of, of your film and, and you're in. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and you'll never make it out alive. <laughs> Eaten alive, eh? Yeah. I look forward to that. That'll be excellent. Splendid. And what about you, Paul? Because I know you're over in Geneva most of the time, but will you be able to make it back for the photography no, show? No, no, this is, this is a, an important date, the diary, absolutely. And no, I'm really looking forward to it. So I know that you guys are concocting some plan for, is it a photo walk? Is it that formal or is it just being... <laughs> It'll probably be a meetup. Yeah. <clears throat> it's an angry mob of um, analogue photographers <laughs> hunting like pack animals for anything that they can to glum onto. Very <laughs> pleased to hear the intrepid there. Yes, storming the stage in the Fuji film uh, announcement, that kind of <laughs> yes. stuff. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. No, no, so we'll, we'll definitely come along. We'll definitely come along with a, a bag of film, I think. And um, and while we'll have, I think, some meetings and general things we'll need to do, would love to spend some time taking photos, meeting some of the customers that we know. And um, if we have to, then spending time with you, Graham. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. And, and so, so my, my last question, Andy, um, is for you. Um, uh, fifth place, fourth place, third place and second place, but no first place. How, how are you ever... How are you going to beat HP5? Um, because, you know, Michelle and Matt, I mean, I think they were, they were flossing away in the office on their third consecutive winner film of the year. What's Kodak going to do to yeah. knock HP5 plus off the top of that tree? Well, I could say instantly, I guess, that um, if um, I think, well, Triax is, I think, is as good as, if not better film than HP5. So get out there and try it. Maybe. Um, maybe you maybe you that say would... that. Voters say no, though, Andy. So, I yeah, mean, I know, <sighs> but maybe they're just not using it enough. So, and if there's some reason they're not, I need to know what it is. So, <laughs> let's find out. Um, Maybe it's old like me, 65 years old, isn't it? So <laughs> Maybe Plus X will be the shot in the arm it needs. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's what we need. So, um, yeah, there's plenty of options. Let's see, where, let's see how things develop. Are you going to win Film of the Year next year? I hope so. Let's make are that, you, shall we? Yeah. Are you going to win Best Newly Released Product again next year? Oh, now you're asking. So that would be, <laughs> that'd be uh, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Woo! Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Ah. I can't wait. Yay. <laughs> it's going to be an exciting 2019. It's going to be an interesting year, isn't it? Definitely. Oh, dear, oh, dear. So I think I've I've learned a lot tonight. I think, mm. you know, uh, we've got a competition to 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 uh, uh, rev up our energy in the dark days. We've got um, uh, hints uh, of new products and deals in the making. We've got, you know, uh, announcements even uh, uh, of upcoming products in the very near future. So, Scoop. 
Uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think yeah, I think we've um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent. I think you can for, you know, quite honestly say that both our guests have earned their airtime today. So thank you very much, guys, for coming along the show. Um, oh wow! I t- the, again, the, it, this always happens when we have uh, you know a, a big brand name on the show. But um, yeah, normally, normally we like to ask our artist guests where where it is that the people should go and find their products on the internet. But we've got Kodak and Analog Wonderland, so. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, sorry say again Andy what better place to start what better place to start yes so uh, yeah uh, everybody um, yes Uh, is there anything particular in in the Kodak online presence Andy you'd like to to get people to go see Um, so I I, you know I think I'd I'd say go and visit kodakolaris.com and one of the reasons for that is which circles back around to where we were earlier but printing on colonic paper and making sure your prints are around for life. Um, and one of the best ways of doing that, so you're not changing digital formats um, every generation when a new device comes out, but is to just make true photographic prints. And there's lots of information on there on true photographic prints. And I think that's well worth a look. Okay. Excellent. Mm. Thank you very much. And, uh, and uh, Paul, I may know the answer to this already, but same question to you. <laughs> No, I think um, yes. Finding analogwonderland.co.uk would be a good start. The um, and and uh, all our social media is Analog Wonderland as well. Actually, if I could, um, could I also make a point on uh, on behalf of Kodak Alaris, <laughs> just because we see this quite a lot from our customers who get um, who get their films in and tag in Instagram and Twitter, um, and just to sort of draw the distinction, I think from uh, Andy and Kodak Alaris versus. Kodak Eastman looks, I think the um, distinction isn't clear. So on Instagram, um, if you want to tag for the Kodak Alara still film, it's Kodak Professional, I think. Is that right, Andy? It is, yeah. yeah. There we go. So just a minor, I'm, I'm plugging Kodak. I don't know how we ended up here, but there we go. Nice <laughs> <laughs> work. <laughs> it is actually a mistake that I'd made, and I'd seen, obviously, um, Kodak Alara. So I think there's maybe three, only like three shots on that. So uh, realised that, yes, it's the Kodak Professional on um, Instagram instead. Okay, well, well done, Paul, for promoting your own business and, and Kodak. It, it is a slightly unnerving symbiotic relationship you two are developing, but I'm not going to dwell on that. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to hurriedly close the show before we get into trouble. <laughs> Okay, well, everybody, uh, we are the Sunny 16 podcast and we're all over the Internet, too. Just anywhere you can find Sunny 16 podcast, really. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email, website. Uh, Yeah, website Sunny16podcast.com is always a good place to be. And I'm sure Graham is busy updating the uh, the submissions for the fashion round of the Cheap Shots Challenge on the website. Are there any, Graham? We've had a couple in so far, but we haven't hit peak submission yet. So I think now people have got out of the doldrums of Christmas. Actually, Christmas shouldn't be the doldrums. Sorry, probably the wrong word. <laughs> that <laughs> says more about you than it says about Christmas. It really does. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, Blue yeah. Monday today, isn't it? We realised that we're recording on Blue Monday, which is the most depressing day of the year, apparently. Yeah. I, so, just, uh, I just yeah. thought that was a song that had been hanging around for too long. <laughs> So this will be a nice way to get back out of that that slump, won't it? After yeah, uh, po- post New Year, yeah. Well, there you go, yeah, and and you can get the double whammy by uh, taking out your cheap shot camera to shoot the Kodak competition. There you go. Mm. I'm going to fire mine up tomorrow. We're going, uh, actually going away for a night to a hotel. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure there'll be some fashion stuff I can take pictures of. Oh my um, god, you're taking a whole um, like travel case of outfits with you, Graham. 
I might do. You don't know. I don't think I have. <laughs> they'll be short, obviously. Um, there's, there's jeans. I think I'm out of outfits now. But still, shorts and jeans, pretty fashionable. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> that is uh, that is the end of the show for this week. Uh, thank you again to our guests. Uh, we are we will play you out with uh, music from Rocha, Rachel's band. Uh, their album "Promises I Should mm-hmm. Have Kept" is available on Spotify, Amazon, and iTunes. Absolutely. As always, as always. Sorry, it, it, <laughs> sorry. Are you, all right? are you all right there, Rachel? Yeah, yeah, my Sorry, you shouldn't my, sound surprised. I say that bit pretty much every week. <laughs> my blanket fort's collapsing on me um, oh no I was just about to say uh, and my and my laptop's about to blow up i think it's it's whirring at me very loudly <laughs> in which case then quick quick let's end the show as always everybody it has been an honor and a privilege to talk to you we will be back next week goodbye bye, bye.